and Lights from Alert Team. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings. Welcome in LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Glad to have you back with us on this Tuesday morning, halfway through the month of November already. It is the 15th of November, 2022. Nine days until Thanksgiving. Whew. Is it just me or is that 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 time between uh, Halloween and Thanksgiving just... I keep forgetting that it's next week. It's quick. It is next week. And it's not even like the earliest, the earliest Thanksgiving can be. I believe the 22nd is the earliest Thanksgiving can be. So Correct. We are uh, two days beyond that, but it does feel like it's, I keep forgetting that's actually next week that that is happening. So uh, anyway, though, uh, welcome in. Glad to have you with us. Got a good show for you today. Joe Jordan, News Channel Nebraska, is going to join us. We will talk about uh, the aftermath of the elections in the state of Nebraska. It is uh, midterms are over the votes for the most part are counted. We've got an idea what the legislature is going to look like. We've obviously got an idea of who the House members, uh, the, the governor, the eventual Senate members uh, are going to be. And so we'll start to talk about all the implications of those with Joe Jordan at 710. Tomorrow, John Baylor is going to join us, talk a little Nebraska volleyball. How damaging was that loss? to the, uh, not NCAA hopes, obviously, the Nebraska volleyball team, uh, but to, frankly, to the chance of getting a number one seed, which would mean home field uh, advantage throughout the NCAA tournament. Uh, how, what does Nebraska have to do, and can they do something to get that back? So we'll discuss that with John Baylor coming up at 835. We've got keywords for fantasy Huskers. Uh, and we have got your sound off. We got your morning drive. And we're gonna have you all set, knowing what you need to know here for this uh, for this Tuesday morning. Um, I want to start, guys, today. Uh, Mark, did you see we got the newest numbers uh, from the from the Warhorse Casino yeah, for led- the last <laughs> month? <laughs> yeah, we led with that in the six o'clock news. Actually, <laughs> sorry, I was talking to. <laughs> yeah, you, I was. I, I was w- distracting him. I, I heard was, you talk about. I was it. talking to Caleb. I didn't mean. I didn't mean <laughs> yeah. to. Uh, to miss that, I had some other things going on, but I'm not. It looks like you and I both had our the same thing on our mind then when we got the uh, but yeah, got the show started. So you know they've been in operation as of the end of last month. It was about five weeks. Uh, they got started that last week in September, uh, but they're pushing you know eight hundred thousand in property tax relief in those first five weeks. Yeah. So just the the October numbers came out here and. Um, yeah, the total gaming tax revenue for October was at no, about 900000 So 70% of that goes to the property tax relief fund. So that's 600000 bucks in a month that is going to go to that. You get another 20%, uh, 2.5, I should say, percent, which is 20000 of the Nebraska General Fund. Uh, another 20000 goes to Compulsive Gaming Assistance Fund. Uh, 100000 to the city of Lincoln. 100000 to uh to Lancaster County. And one of the really interesting things I saw about this, and uh, uh, a lot of media outlets had this story when these numbers came out, uh, but I saw Olberding for the Lincoln Journal Star went and got some of Iowa's numbers, and they were uh, they were conspicuously down for the month of October um, on the that, uh, on the Nebraska Iowa border, and that surprises whom? I, well, 
I I guess maybe a a little bit me. I didn't necessarily think that Lincoln that 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 Lincoln would take away from what was going on there. Well, I certainly thought if there were if there was a casino in Omaha, it would. Um, but I mean, yeah, it, it, you're you're already starting to see. But it's not just Lincoln; it's Eastern be. Nebraska. True, you know, it's, it, the, it's, the casino in Lincoln. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, and, and I saw on a, a one of the social media boards uh, somebody saying, you know, all that money should go to Lincoln, not to the state, and all that. But you know, the money coming in is from people in state, out of state, Lancaster County, Lincoln, well, outside. And when they build the other ones, the yeah, Lincoln right. is going to get their share through the state like of right, the other right ones. Right now, Lincoln's doing the heavy lifting, yes. yes. But you're going to have these throughout the state, yeah, the and one, it's going to balance There's going to be out. six of them. Mm-hmm. So, but, but yeah, you know, something new. and But yeah, so, I mean, if you've got these numbers already... With kind of a, I mean, I still haven't been out there. I need, I need to go just so my, I have my own reference of, of what it looks like. But this sort of, like temporary, I assume, not, you know, I, I don't know. I shouldn't. I haven't been out there, so I don't know. But what you need to do is get up about two fifteen some morning and go out, go out on your way to work. That's probably that's true. I ought to, I, I, I ought to check it out at that point, or just go, you know, go out before you go to let bed. me uh, uh, let me say it this is it way: twenty four seven. Is that yes. a dumb question? No, it's open twenty four seven. Is it every day? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I should, Mark. We should have a early morning, maybe maybe uh, breakfast out there at the uh, at the slot machines. I guess what I'm trying to say is there's not much reason to go out there right now, unless you're you know you're just you're going to play slots, which obviously is the main reason you would go to a casino. Sure. But when they get the whole thing built, right, it becomes more of an attraction. Oh, yeah. That gets you out there for a whole lot of other reasons. I mean, the, and presumably brings in significantly more money oh, at that absolutely. point. Absolutely. Significantly more and money. Once, once you get the hotel there where people can right. you know, make it a, a weekend or a couple of days away during the week, and, and on the, the bypass, you're going to pull in a, a significant number of truckers. Right. They, they tend to visit, and I'm not saying this as, as a negative. But a lot of times, casinos uh, that are on major thoroughfares provide huge That's parking true. areas for trucks. And yeah, what, uh, so I guess all I'm saying is, I you know, you'll have a couple of factors that weigh into this. You're going to have more competition, um, but you're going to have, as time goes on, you're going to have a facility that is going to draw a whole lot more people in there for other reasons and and more room and people staying at the hotel and those sorts of things. And so it makes you wonder, like. How are these numbers even significantly below normal, what you're going to pull in month to month uh, when you're talking about in a month over half a million dollars of property tax uh, yeah. relief? Uh, what are there's 440 some slot machines and they're expecting, uh, well, of course, the sports book and the gaming tables. Mm-hmm. But I think it's what, 14, 1500 slot machines when they get it built. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, much bigger. Yeah. So are we talking, I mean, is this thing going to plunk in uh, a million, one and a half million every month? Two million? Oh, I think at the beginning it will. But to the to the property tax? To, to Caleb's and then, point. And then throw in the other ones as well? Uh, well, to Caleb's point, you know, it'll it'll start to, the other ones will start to siphon off some of the yeah. dollars, I would assume, especially Omaha, Columbus, uh, Car- what Grand Island, I think is the other yeah. one. Well, and I, I do think, yeah, they'll siphon off some of it, but when you add the sports book and you're in a college town... Right. Um, obviously, when like Husker sports are happening in Nebraska, you won't be able to bet on that. But I, we haven't gotten to the sports book part of it yet. And yeah, that, and, that, yeah. that part's going to be, to me, 
more than what we're seeing right now. Yeah, yeah, I, I think uh, you know having sports betting in Iowa probably did more to uh, move Nebraskans over to those casinos than just about anything. But there's there's a demand for the entertainment. Yeah, and and we don't know how much it's siphoned off of uh, Kansas. I mean, there's what three casinos within. Oh, that's right. I didn't even think of that. Uh, less than an hour south of the border. Yeah. Yeah, so this will, I mean, you extrapolate this over over quite a bit of time, and you know, uh, multiple casinos, and uh, you know, well, I don't then, I don't know what we're going to be talking about in terms of a year, in terms of um, in terms of total revenue statewide, but I'm going to guess we're talking, I don't know, fifty, sixty, seventy million. I'm not sure. I don't know what kind of number we're going to be looking at here at the state. Then, and then if you looked at if you looked at legalization of marijuana. Uh, as a tax, uh, do, do you know what Colorado got? Twenty twenty one tax revenue for that? Oh, it was huge. Four hundred twenty three million dollars. Illinois three hundred seventeen million dollars was what they uh, got in tax Col- revenue. Colorado's had uh, the recreational marijuana. Yes, much this was just. The, but this was just the twenty twenty one numbers, right? Twenty twenty one numbers. And I don't think so. I don't think Illinois had a full year in twenty twenty one. Yeah, they may not have. Oh, and California's over a billion. They're over a bit, and now it's a much bigger state, but uh, not to be facetious, but I think you got to be high to live in California. <laughs> <laughs> well, they make it, they make it available. But you, you so. know, the, well, you can when you're winning the it's two just, billion dollar jackpot. It's just, um, I, I guess, my bigger thing is how much is this be going to begin to change the way that we finance some of our, you know, our budgetary items? If you have got, if you've got this big of influx of money. Um, in for gambling and and maybe some more. You know, I'm not that Nebraska is on the verge of legalizing uh, recreational cannabis. I mean, uh, ballot measures failed in South Dakota and North Dakota, and can't even get it on the ballot in Nebraska. So that's not coming real soon. But it is going to be interesting to just see what how this changes things when you do have this influx influx of dollars, primarily going to property tax relief for the time being. How much do we feel this? I mean, that's, I think it's a fair question to ask as a well, voter: the, Is how much do we all feel this property tax relief? Well, it's it's a it's a little misleading because you get it as a credit against your income tax, yes, rather than just a reduction Which in your property. We tax. had last year. Yes, I mean, that was we've had it last yep. year. Yeah, and but it you doesn't quite feel like you're getting a reduction. You're still paying it. It in just feels like you're getting a weird state refund when uh, when you're paying into the federal government is what it felt like for yeah. me. So like, why am I getting a state refund and I'm paying out the wazoo to the federal government on well, this whole it was thing? Your property tax refund yeah. credit. That's, that's so, probably it. But, you know, the, the, the idea of having the casino here, I think it goes to show that there is a demand for entertainment. And, and if you can look at it as a, uh, uh, bad for the city bad for the state but you can also look at it as it's many people's form of entertainment and if they're going to enjoy a casino gambling uh they're going to find it whether it's you know the west yeah. end of the southwest side of lincoln or in council Bluffs. you know it's weird though i don't even like think about it ever i don't it's not like there it's not like there are a bunch of like tv commercials on for it i think there's some billboards that are out there for it but until i come here and i see an article i kind of forget that it's a thing here already um, and I wonder if that'll change. Well, they, I'm sure that once they get the the uh, full casino going, they'll be marketing it yeah. uh, much more aggressively. That's that's probably true. Um, anything else, Mark, in the, uh, well, in will, the headlines you want to get well, to? Well, I, I will say one thing about, uh, <laughs> again, I'm kind of drawing things together that may not be totally uh, congruent, but 
Uh, on the Lincoln Business Beat this past week, we talked about shopping local for the holiday season. Well, in this case, let's gamble local, you yeah. know, so yeah. that, that type of thing. Um, there were five uh, that appears to be young men, Northeast Lincoln, about 245 this morning, had masks on and uh, gloves, went through an apartment complex parking lot trying door handles. Uh, they wow. found one yeah. with a door open and a spare key. Oh, in the car? In the car. Ugh. The car is missing. Uh, don't put your key in your car. Oh, a locket. Yeah. Not, so, the, not the victim blame on this whole thing. But no, but, yeah. you know, 2005 Honda Accord. Okay. So, uh, other than that, not uh, not a lot. Uh, speaking of money, though, Google. We had a Google settlement announced yesterday. State going to get $12 million as part of that. Um, that's on their location tracking tracking practice oh really so this the state's getting it yeah it was a 391 million settlement from 39 or from 40 uh, attorney generals that filed oh, okay. suit and so we get about well, all these groups of attorney generals are doing pretty good in court all of a sudden lately uh, plenty <laughs> whether it's the google or it's the student loan thing or uh yeah or who knows well it depends on which so, side of the student loan thing whether they're well they doing pretty well so. the ags are up against the federal government in yeah, the, and, in the and, one that the eighth circuit just did and, and they're winning yeah that yeah it's, yep um and caleb uh no news yesterday. No news. No news. Nothing. Sorry. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm done. I'm done trying to figure it out. Every time I think, <laughs> every time I think I know something and it's not like I'm, you know, I'm going on internet message boards and finding these things. Um, when I feel like there might be some, some real smoke to something based upon things I am hearing from people. It has turned out to be crickets uh, after it's over. So, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're we're at we're kind of at the point, Caleb. If assuming nothing is going to happen today, and I'm not saying I certainly don't expect it to at this point. This isn't going to happen. I I think we can say it's not going to happen until the end of the Iowa until game after Iowa, which th- that would put more people in play. For the potential, that puts a lot more people. That puts a lot more current coaches in play, um, and I don't know. I, I don't know if Trev is. You know, there's one scenario here where where the things that we're hearing have a little bit of truth to them, and it, he's you know getting close to going a couple of different directions and about to, and it's a very small group that we're kind of focusing on. Or there's another scenario where. There's just a lot of there's a lot of stuff that's been kind of thrown out there right now, and here's Trev quietly doing something that we don't know about, right? And maybe coming out of nowhere with an announcement on a person whose name maybe has been out there, but not in hot and heavy rumors mm-hmm. over the course of the last couple of weeks. Maybe that's it. Here's I what know. I the, do know. Okay, what's that? There's a top 25 women's basketball game tonight in Omaha. Okay, that you don't, we don't need sources. Nope, don't need we sources. We can confirm it. I, through I can the, confirm that one. Six o'clock uh, tip, number 22, Nebraska, at number 20. And, and this is going to be a good one to listen to on the radio because it's on some well, this TV network that costs a bazillion dollars a month to subscribe to. Was that uh, Flow? Flow Sports TV. Oh, it's on TV. Flow Sports tonight. What, Nebraska basket, men's basketball had some games on that, and I thought about subscribing, but it was so dang expensive. It was like it was like a ludicrous price to be able to do it. So 
Um, that's I think that's what it's on tonight. So that means. Oh my God! It is. Your, yeah, your best How much bet. Is it? I, I don't remember what it was. I just remember when Nebraska men had it. It was, and I'm you know I'm kind of a diehard for the men, and that I would want to watch everything. It I was priced out of it just in terms of reasonableness. Right. So I didn't even I didn't even get it. Um, but the good news is we've got it on our thirty dollars a month. Thirty dollars a month. Wow. <laughs> Who do you think you are, Flow Sports? Who do you think you are? I can get ESPN Plus for a year for ninety bucks. So I mean, oh, by the way, also, what are you, who do? What do they think they got the market that can charge that? That's ridiculous. also tonight, uh, eight o'clock Central Time. We get a big news conference out of tomorrow. Oh boy, here Florida. we go. Here we go. All right, Caleb's got more. Into it. By the way, what I was going to say, it's on our sister station, B1073. Matt Cody and Jeff Grish, uh, you, you don't want to miss their calls anyway. Yeah. Wildly entertaining. And it's here on KLI. Wildly. Is it on KLIN too? Oh, KLI Sorry, I didn't, I didn't mention that. I never That's don't want to say it. 1,499. I actually know. Yeah, I'm aware of the, Get out of here, B. I'm, I'm aware of the <laughs> Just to listen, six twenty-six. Uh, uh, by the way, not to brag this morning, but yeah. I've developed a talent to know what's inside a wrapped present. How's that? Yeah, it's a gift. <laughs> 26. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Got an opinion on the latest Huskers game? Fire off with a voice message in the free KLIN app. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at Menards. Channel 8 Storm Alert team. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. But first... Fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. All right, time to play Fantasy Huskers. Your keyword to send in if you want to play this week to the Rick Stein Recognition text line at 402-479-1400 is... Pass. (laughs) Pass, B-A-S-S. Caleb's running out of keywords, guys. It's been a long season, but uh, he's in the final stretch. You have you have literally one, two, three, six more days. We're getting there, man. <laughs> six more days. Uh, we're asking uh, this week of... what will be the longest punt of the game. Yesterday, Craig said fifty-seven. Brent forty-five in right. yards. In, in, in yards, not net punt doesn't count the the return. Not in so. hang time. Yes, not in. Ha- that would be a fun the longest one. hang time. Then I have to go back and. Yeah. Stopwatch everyone. Now, you, for some reason, it used to be in the in like the eighties and and maybe in the nineties in NFL games. I think college games too. They used to always have a stopwatch on the TV and measured hang time. Like I don't know what that was always a thing that they've actually. That's one metric they've taken away off the screens that they used to always put on the screens. Am I remembering this correctly? I think they they implemented that in like some mid two thousands Madden games too. They might have because it because it was it part was, of the it TV was part, broadcast. It was always it was, every time you would punt, you would have a hang time clock, 
And I don't know whatever happened. Like I don't know whatever happened to that. It, it just people weren't didn't care or I care. It was they, one of like the cool things to see. They wouldn't even have the score on all of the time like they do now. Where you could always look at the score. The score would only come up every once in a while. You had to keep watching. But if you want to see hang time, you can see hang time on most <laughs> any punt. Bring hang time back. I always thought that was odd. All right, sound off time. Oh, boy. Well, we better get to this. Big announcement in Florida tonight at Mar-a-Lago. Thank you for the correct pronunciation. Uh, Trump, now that the midterms is over, are over, he uh, at 8 o'clock tonight, uh, he is going to be making an announcement, presumably that he is going to be running for president in 2024. We expect history to be made later today at Mar-a-Lago with this official bulletin from the former president's office. It says President Donald J. Trump, 45th president of the United States of America, will hold a special announcement at the Mar-a-Lago Club in Palm Beach on Tuesday, November 15th at 9 p.m. Eastern tonight. Now, already the reception in Washington is lukewarm at best. Lindsey Graham, a supporter of the president, saying, well, let's see what he says. He says he'll weigh in after the Georgia election. Oh, man. If people are starting to, if people in the Republican Party are starting to go a different direction, he is not going to take that well. No. Like, he is not at all going to take that well, well given how wildly, you know, yet... Frank, let me, let's be honest about it. You like him or hate him. He had everybody in the palm of his hand. And he has. He has had everyone in that party in the, in the absolute, with, with very, very few exceptions, in the palm of his hands, playing to him, making sure they were on his good side for years mm-hmm. on this thing. And, and sometimes being, you know, changing kind of who they were even even to the point the 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 people who were his rivals in primaries that were saying very bad things about him during those primaries uh have now become some of his staunchest supporters and there just hasn't been a time since 2016 since he kind of took the became the front runner in 2016 mm-hmm. for the Republican nomination where he's had a significant amount of people within that party be like you know what? It's time to go another direction. My question is, what is this going to do for the future of the Republican Party? If you have people, a significant number of people wanting to go a different direction, um, even if you have people that were very much Trump Republicans before, but they just want to go with someone else. Right. Yeah. I mean, because one of the things that people liked about Donald Trump was that he wouldn't go down quietly. Mm-hmm. It was going to be, I'm firing off everything I've got in the yeah. chamber. It's going to be, if, if I have to insult someone here, if I've got to go talk bad about someone there, whatever it's going to be, I'm going to find a way to come out on top or go out guns a-blazing. And people liked that. So if he comes in now and there's a significant portion of the party that wants to go in a different direction, he's not going to go away quietly. Oh, a hundred. You don't think he you don't think there is a portion of tonight's speech that is dedicated to directly to DeSantis to DeSantis and essentially claiming that he made DeSantis who he is. I mean, I'd be shocked if that wasn't in here. I would be shocked if it isn't in here, but. And I don't know if DeSantis is going to be different, if this is going to be the person that says, uh, I feel like I've got enough, you know, I've got enough momentum right now that I'm going to be the one that that can stand up, stand up to this and and treat it differently than really anybody 
outside of the people who have been basically excommunicated from the party have. Yeah. Outside of the uh, the Liz Cheney's of the world or, or something like that. You also you know? had Trump trying to play kingmaker over this last election. And it, I don't know, was it 50%? Yeah. Like what? Where were his results on that? Because there were a lot of the uh, the the Biden won states where the Trump candidates did not succeed. Yeah, but they did well in Florida and and, yeah. and did well oh, Florida, in, in some sure. of the New York area. But was Florida um, Trump or was Florida DeSantis? I don't know. Or was it just the candidates? Or but was yeah, all, it, you know all about the candidates and these things? So it's going to be fascinating to see what he says. And I just I don't know how this whole thing. People are passionate about Trump in a way they've never been about a politician, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, it's th- very they are personal. personal, personal connection to him in a way that, frankly, that I've never really felt about a politician. And I, uh, it's a little foreign to me to feel that passionately positive about any one politician. But it's there, I mean, without a doubt. And is that going to how, how much is that going to stay how much of that is going to, you would think a lot of it, you would think a lot of it, but I don't know. It's going to be an interesting couple of years, that's for sure. All eyes oh, on Florida. And then right? how about this timing, too? This is all happening when Mike Pence is releasing his memoir now called God, that was even a thing. this is yeah he's uh releasing his memoir the title of former vice president mike pence's memoir also happens to be the final four words he uttered before officially becoming first in line the to the presidency in 2017 about to enter so help me god so help me god Congratulations. So Help Me God, published by Simon & Schuster, hits bookstores today, complete with an audiobook narrated by the former vice president himself. It's billed not only as his story, but also gives details about what he calls a close working relationship with former President Trump that, quote, did not end well. He also talks about the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol, saying he believes he, quote, did his duty that day. Tanya J. Powers, Fox News. Yeah, so he sat down and did this interview on ABC with David um, Muir, and, um, well, here, here's a little part of it. We parted amicably, uh, and we spoke a number of times after I left office, but, um, frankly, when the president returned to some of the rhetoric about me and others who had taken a stand for the Constitution, I thought it was best that we just go our separate ways. Um, so uh, Pence said that he hasn't decided if he's running for president in that interview, uh, discussing it with his, with his family at this point. Um, he, it, it, it was interesting because he was not shy about critiquing the, 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 the people who went to the Capitol and into the Capitol on January 6th and talking about how much it, it infuriated him basically yeah. and how mad he was about the entire thing. But when it came to Trump himself, he was very careful in the way that he picked his words about that. Right. And and, and so just a legitimate question on Pence, like, who, I'm, I'm sure you'll have some people who are behind him, but like, does he, have, who exactly is his swath of voters? Right. Exactly. Well, and didn't, is it, it, didn't it seem like when, if you go all the way back to when they announced Pence as the running mate, it was like to give Donald Trump some political legitimacy. Right. Say, and Here, like, here's a veteran who's on the ticket and is going to help him out. And with the, the bridge to side. the evangelical community yeah. a little bit. Yeah, that, that kind of thing. But I, I, if you run for president, I just don't even know how to quite define who his. 
given that he and Trump's are uh, Trump is are you know, Trump obviously is <laughs> is not a fan of his no. very, very much so. And even though I mean, if you read behind the line between the lines, Pence isn't a fan of Trump's anymore. No, so, and I, th- I think you have enough Trump Republicans so that view who, Pence as a traitor for January sixth. Right, right, right. But the like the never Trumpers, you know, in in the Republican Party aren't going to be like, oh yeah, Pence is great now. No, right? so I don't. No, because they're going to, he, because that side of it then views it's a, Pence as, well, you went along with Trump. I mean, that's a, to me, that's a campaign without a base. Yes. Is is what that is. Uh, so I have my doubts that he'll actually go through with it. Espe- I mean, especially if if uh, Trump and uh, DeSantis are in that Pence's thing. best campaign would be something back in state politics. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, I, uh. We'll see. We will. Uh, we will see. Um, bad news for those of you who are hoping that the uh, student loan forgiveness uh, proposal by uh, by the Biden administration is going to go through. Uh, roadblock in court this week. <laughs> the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals agreed to an injunction that, for now, stops the Biden administration student loan forgiveness program. Six Republican-led states sued to stop it, and initially a federal judge said the program could move forward, but the states appealed to the Eighth District, which granted a temporary stop before today's injunction. Separately, a federal judge in Texas ruled against the program, saying the executive branch is not all-powerful. The plan forgives 10000 in debt for those making less than $125,000 a year, or households with less than $250,000 in annual income, those with Pell Grants can have up to 20000 forgiven. Jessica Rosenthal, Fox News. Yeah, so th- th- this, this, was, this was an injunction. Uh, this was sought out by, by these states here. So it's the second decision by a federal court in, what, a few days. Uh, yeah, the district court that blocked the program in a different case at that point. Now... So the administration can still appeal this decision to the Supreme Court, although it's—I think it's probably fair to say it's, you know, maybe an uphill battle there, um, given given the makeup of the Supreme Court mm-hmm. right now. So this is um, this might be it for this thing. This may not be may not be happening. Good but, thing uh, I didn't bank on it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I bet there are some people who did. Um, but yes, the Eighth Circuit upheld the state's legal standing that was the big issue and this did the state actually have standing to challenge this whole thing that's where the district judge had dismissed their case previously they agreed with the state's agreement um that the uh, it's kind of a quasi state student loan servicer that would be uh, uh, one of the one of the basically incur damages for this as a result of the plan at this point and that would affect the state of Missouri, which is, you know, one of the one of these here. And that was the ruling here on this thing. So, yeah, we will uh, we'll see what happens with this going forward. But I would say I would say not going to happen. Most no. likely, no. probably not going to happen. Um, All right. A couple more here. Before if, they, we... if they wanted to make it happen, what they should have done was control both houses of Congress and yeah. get something to pass. Yep. And... Probably that would have been a. That would have been a more uh, legally foolproof way to do it. Um, which, it, if it was tight, though, they still probably wouldn't have got a vote from from some Democrats on it as well. Right. So, 
Uh, are they ever uh, doing this uh, spaceship to the moon? Remember, we were going to watch this like a month and a half ago, and yeah, then it do, didn't happen. Why and don't we go to the moon? Maybe this, maybe this week it's actually happening. Artemis 1, the first in a new series of human-capable space flights to the moon, is now set to launch with a crewless test capsule on Wednesday. The mission has been delayed for weeks now due to technical problems and tropical weather, and now engineers discovered a 10-foot-long section of peeled caulking likely due to last week's tropical cyclone hitting Florida's space coast. NASA will reveal tonight whether or not the issue can be repaired or overlooked, or if the flight will be delayed yet again. In Broward County, Florida, Eben Brown, Fox News. Get one of those caulk guns out. Come on, just get that thing fixed up. That that sounds like a that sounds like a fifteen minute fix to me. Do they not have a Home Depot? Thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, got, they not have Home Depots in Florida? What's the deal? What are you guys doing? I, Just go, yeah. I drive down to 27th. We're good. Uh, <laughs> Do they not know what bay it's in? Yeah. Uh, and then uh, and then this story, we'll finish this out on a little celebrity news, but not not good news. So Jay Leno is, is uh, it's been well known that, especially since he retired from his talk show, that his, his big hobby is collecting and, and driving cars, cars and yeah, collecting cars. cars. Yeah. So he's in his garage where he's got a whole bunch of cars there. And one of the cars evidently like spontaneously combusts in there. Oh no! Um, somehow I don't know. Spontaneous combust might not be the right way to say it, but uh, Jay was a little too close to it, and uh, he's in he's in bad shape right Uh-oh. now. Jay Leno is now in a burn center after he suffered some pretty significant injuries to his face in a car mishap, which ended up forcing him to cancel an appearance in Vegas over the weekend. So here's what happened, according to TMZ. It happened on Saturday. They say Leno was in a garage near Burbank, uh, where. As an avid car collector, he stores his vehicles when one of those cars suddenly burst into flames without any kind of warning whatsoever. Now, TMZ says the flames burned the left side of Leno's face, but thankfully didn't penetrate his eye or his ear. He was taken to a top burn center where he's continuing to receive treatment. Uh, In a statement to Variety, Leno said in part, quote, I got some serious burns from a gasoline fire. I'm okay. Just need a week or two to get back on my feet. That sounds painful. That doesn't sound great. That doesn't sound good at all. And uh, last but not least, we'll end with this one, actually. I, I meant to do it earlier, but we'll do it, we'll do it here anyway. Uh, the world population. What exactly is the world population? How do we know what it is accurately, really, at any point? Which Satellites. is a fair question. Is that right? So it's not like, you know, we, we have a, a the, the census like we've got just in the United States that happens on a worldwide level. COVID shots that we all got are tracking how many people there are in the world. <laughs> But it sounds like no. uh, it sounds like there's a pretty significant jump actually happening. It's impossible, of course, to know exactly how many people are on our planet at any given moment. But November 15th has been chosen to mark this milestone. The UN says it's an opportunity to celebrate diversity, recognise what we have in common and marvel at how science has extended our lives. A growing population creates challenges. How do we house and feed so many? And then there's the environmental impact. But the United Nations says the growth rate is slowing and expects the global population to peak at 10.4 billion in the 2080s. Jonathan Savage, Fox News. 7.837 billion is what I get when I Google it right now. Okay, do you know what the world population was in 1900? Uh, probably less than half that, I'm going to guess. 1.65 billion. Isn't that crazy? Well, like, even if you go to, uh, if you go to 1970, 
If you go to the year I was born, 1977, 4.28 billion. Mm-hmm. It's doubled. The world population has doubled since in your na- lifetime. Almost doubled. It's yeah, not it's, it's not quite it's all close, the way. But- that's insane. Um yeah, that's that is uh that's crazy. Now that but they're saying that is slowing. You may cap it at ten billion, you're at seven point eight three seven billion right now on this. The other thing is they some people have said the first person that is going to live at to age like 200 may be alive right now. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> There's like a baby right now that's going to live to 200. Well, and the other thing besides one of the things that makes it so that your the global population is so much bigger is that we're all living longer than they did for the last thousands of years. Yeah. You know? Mhm. Yeah, that, uh, that that's exactly right, too. But it looks like they hit eight. If they believe it's capping at 10, we got $2 billion to go before we're going to get to that. And at the rate we're going, you would get to that in another what? 20 years. I was going to say 2040-ish? Yeah, we we are at, I mean, geez, at, in 2000, we were at $6.1 billion, and now we're at eight. Isn't that crazy? In 20 years, you add on basically 33%. Jeez. It's crazy. Crazy Get us stuff. to the moon and right. Mars. Six or seven. We'll take a break. That's it for your uh, your sound off. You listen to LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLI. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings. Welcome back. Midpoint of November, the 15th, 2022. Nine days out from Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's already it's already going to be here next week. Uh, start that turkey thawing pretty soon. Make sure you get that planned out. You don't want to be late on that. Uh, glad to have you with us. We uh, have our morning drive coming up with 25, about 25 minutes from now. We'll do the uh, five things you're talking about today. A little bit later on the show, uh, John Baylor uh, is going to join us, talk a little Nebraska football. Uh, we'll give you uh, a- anything we can glean on the latest the Nebraska football coaching search. Baylor might talk Nebraska volleyball. What did I say? Football. Ugh. I am tired of doing that. Oh, they all run together. I'm just tired. I feel like we've got about one of those about one every two days lately. <laughs> it might be about the end for hey, me. Hey, football's on the mind. I might be on the downhill. I might be on the downhill path in my career. Are we retiring you? I don't know. Every, it, it seems like every day I'll say a word you've got to remind me I said that I had no idea that I said. Uh, Joe Jordan, News Channel Nebraska, is joining me right now. Good morning, Joe. How are you doing today? I think I'm okay. <laughs> I think I interrupted a family feud there. For yeah, a exactly. No, I just, I, you know, Joe, you just realize you're saying words you're not supposed to say. And, uh, you know, at some point in your career, you start start worrying about those things. So apparently I'm already there, unfortunately. Uh, all right, Joe, we gotta, we, I want to get into the election stuff, but I want to start with a, a story you had that was, uh, I don't know, that I had not... I had not seen, talked about, reported anything uh, outside of what you did. And it was based on a radio show or a radio interview up in Omaha with, with Dave Heineman. Um, but you, you can, you can give me the details, but essentially the long and short of it was Heineman, uh, went on the, went on the radio in Omaha and said, uh, Ben Sass shouldn't wait to, to resign. He should resign I- immediately since he knows he's taking this job. Um, what was your reaction to hearing him say that? Well, I was pretty surprised. But let me back up one second. 
in, in the context of this occurred, is even I think it's even a bit more interesting. He was on the radio discussing. This was Monday afternoon, uh, a week ago, Monday afternoon before the election, and he's discussing the election and, and, and making sort of his picks of who's going to win and how much they're going to win by and what have you. And he's on for must have been at least a half hour or so. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, they're getting ready to wrap up the interview with him, and he goes, kind of like it's kind of like, oh, and by the way, he wasn't he wasn't. I'm pretty sure he wasn't directly asked about the Senate situation. He just kind of launched into this thing, and he said that uh, uh, he thinks that uh, Ben Sass should resign uh, now uh, because he said they should put Nebraska's interest first over anybody's personal interest. And he he's going on, you know, he's going to be heading up to the University of Florida, uh, and it wasn't really clear at that point when. Uh, and then the next day or two days later, Sass announces that uh, he's taken the job and. And he'll start sometime in February and be resigning uh, the Senate in January. Well, in the meantime, Heinemann has already said that, you know, there's no reason to wait for this. Let's, you know, basically cut bait and move forward. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then he said that there really are only, you know, four people who should, who are, you know, I think he said realistically in line for the job. And that would be uh, the, the three congressmen, Adrian Smith, uh, uh, flood and flood and, and Bacon. Uh, Don Bacon, mm-hmm. and so then uh, and 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 Governor Ricketts, uh, uh, and but then he went then he went even further and said that that this appointment is going to have he now at that point he didn't know when Sass was going to resign. He says at that point he goes it's going to happen on Governor Ricketts' watch. He could make the appointment, or if Ricketts doesn't want to make the appointment, he could step aside and say, I'm interested, and lead the decision to Lieutenant Governor Mike Foley. And then he went on to say that Foley is a man of integrity, and he'll do the right thing for Nebraska. Uh, well, now we find out, obviously, that if Sass holds to his his view and resigns in January, then it's on the Pillen watch, and we've all come right. to believe, of course, that Pillen's going to appoint uh, Ricketts if, if Ricketts wants the job, and there's been... Certainly, no indication from him that he doesn't want it. He's, it's been a little bit of cat and mouse, uh, but there's certainly no indication that he doesn't want it. So it was really curious that that, that Heinemann was telling you know Sass resign now. Uh, if Ricketts wants the you know doesn't want to make the appointment, he can step aside and let Mike Foley make it. And uh, it was just a curious situation because uh, he kind of got into something he didn't even. He really wasn't even asked to get into, to be honest with you. Yeah, that I mean, it, it is fascinating, and, and and the biggest so so the implications of that are well, number one, if you if you did get someone earlier, they would have that that little uh, that little nudge of seniority yeah. over the entire you know new class. Well, anybody anybody that's newly elected when they get sworn in, it'll be January whatever fourth fifth. I'm not sure what the exact day is for that new Congress. Yeah. So there's their seniority starts that day. If Ben Sass resigned now, and and an appointment was made, you know, tomorrow or any time before any time before that swearing-in day for all the rest of the senators, that individual, Pete Ricketts or whomever, has seniority over all those other all of all those other senators, mm-hmm. uh, and that what that allows them is sort of get, kind of gets a leg up on what committees they want to be on. Uh, he probably gets a better office space. Yeah, uh, there's a variety of little things, but the biggest the biggest one is uh, you kind of get a you kind of get an edge over others on committees you might want to be on. 
Right, uh, right, and and so you know, in theory, that would be more valuable for for Nebraskans to to have that. But the catch in that is, and 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 you said this exact thing would be that to do that, Pete Ricketts would have to make the appointment or would have to step aside if he wants it to be him and let Mike Foley make the appointment. We we assume, I guess, that Foley would, if that's what happened, that Foley would make the appointment of Ricketts, but they haven't been politically aligned in the last year or so in some ways, right. and so that's a bit of an odd situation, and so... Um, it, 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 I mean, it kind of sounds like Heineman is saying, wait, in, in, instead of trying to set this up for Ricketts for it to go smoothly, you ought to, you ought to do it now. And if you have to take your chances by quitting, you have to take your chances by quitting and, and, uh, have Foley do it. And we'll see what Foley does with this whole thing, which we all know. I mean, we don't need me to, to spell the whole thing out now. I don't quite exactly get it, but I know there has his historically been some tension with with Heinemann and Ricketts um you know Heinemann even considered running um again recently and and so uh, I don't know if this is where that comes from or if if this is something else uh in the end uh Joe I guess it probably won't matter because I think Sass is going to do what he's going to do and you're going to have Ricketts name by pillin and the whole thing and they're not going to lose a lot of sleep about the seniority thing probably is how this goes so I would assume I would assume that that's how this whole thing plays out. What is interesting is that there, for whatever reason, and I agree with you. I'm not sure anybody really knows the whole story. Uh, there is some there is some distance between Pete Ricketts and Dave Heineman that hasn't been bridged over all these years, uh, and uh, clearly still there because yes, uh, Heineman made it very clear that if. Uh, if Ricketts doesn't want to appoint himself, which I'm sure he, he didn't want to appoint himself, because that just looks self really, really badly self-serving, uh, let Mike Foley make the choice. But as you said, what if Foley doesn't pick Ricketts? And then that opens up that risk possibility for Ricketts. So uh, it was it was really interesting to me that Heineman got involved in this. Uh, looks on the surface, you know, he's right about the facts that if the sooner – Sass resigns, the better it is for the state of Nebraska in terms of getting that position filled. Right. Uh, but uh, I also agree with you. I doesn't. There's been no indication to me that Sass is going to change that timetable, no. and uh, and well, presumably it'll be Pillen's decision. And I think we all know where that's going. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, all right. Let's talk. Let's talk about the election results. And and man, w- with all of the national constant discussion still about. Uh, House races and and Senate races up until a few few days ago. The to me still the uh, the most interesting thing here in the state of Nebraska was that balance of power in the legislature. And boy, it came down to a couple of races. I believe one in Omaha, one in Lincoln. There might have been another one too uh, that you had to go a few days out. But it ended up, I believe, and it's uh, this isn't quite as as it's not as clear as the Senate where you can just uh, take the picture of the Senate and have the red ones over here and the blue ones over here. Right. Like I think I know what all these, you know, who all these people are, but it's not like there's a caucus uh, exactly like the Senate. But it's from from my understanding, from my reading and my own counting, and and you can let me know what you think. Um, it's not there's not a clear filibuster proof majority for what would be Republicans. Is that is that what you're it, seeing too? Yes. Now we, we you never know how some individual is going to break. With, you know, yeah, they're labeled Republican or they're labeled Democrat. I mean, for the past, you know, several years uh, up in Omaha, State Senator uh, McAllister 
was basically he's a Republican, but he was basically voting with the Democrats, mm-hmm. uh, which was driving Republicans right. crazy. But that was but the, that was the reality. Right now, it, it, the numbers appear to line up to be 32 Republicans and 17 Democrats. Mm-hmm. Uh, and given that, that they don't get to 33, uh, now that means that on, on any filibuster vote or vote on rules and things like that that are going to come down, uh, all those Democrats would have to stay in line. All, and and or all the Republicans would have to stay in line for the for the for the thirty two seventeen number to, to to actually mean something. Uh, it does appear uh, that that at the moment there is no quote unquote John McAllister uh, senator in that group. So it does appear that it's relatively solid. You know, seventeen Democrats and thirty two Republicans. Again, there can always waver on on the issue, right? Depending on what's going on, right? Uh, but that's kind of where we are. So nobody has a nobody has this thing ironclad uh, as the Republicans were certainly hoping. I mean, there was talk, you know, that they could get to thirty four or thirty five Republicans in the legislature, and they're not. They certainly didn't get there. Yeah. Uh, and the, you know, I think the first test is probably going to be that opening day of, of the legislature when they discuss. Well, first of all, there's some discussion of of you know making the the rule on filibuster moving the number from thirty three to thirty. Now, unless I'm mistaken, to do that. There would have to be a there would have to be you know a vote obviously but I would think those those the filibuster <laughs> the filibuster would still come in those seventeen Democrats if they all held on right. they would they would stop that from that rule right. from occurring uh, so that would be the the first test and then there's going to be that issue of the uh, secret ballots chairmanships yeah and the early and open ballots or closed yeah. ballots secret or, or not. That that opening day is going to be. It's, it's, there's going to be a lot of interest uh, in that opening session of the legislature. Opening day of the, this session of the legislature, uh, because the numbers are really they're they're as tight as they've been in, in quite some time. And the 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 you know the really interesting thing is I think as soon as that Supreme Court ruling came out, there was an assumption that Nebraska would would have would react to it by legislating. Um, either in a yes. special session. I mean, I thought there'd be a special session, uh, and it happened like that. Uh, that didn't happen. And now you're going into the regular session, two months, less than two months from right now. But is there, I mean, is there a realistic chance that they get out of, even after the decision in, in Dobbs, that they get out of this session without changing, significantly changing the law on abortion at this point just because of this? I think it's completely up in the air right now because okay. there are there are you know Democrats who are quote unquote pro life. I, I don't know if there's any Republicans in the current legislature that are quote unquote pro choice, but but it's probably going to get into the if if they do something, it's probably going to be it, it's not going to be you know I I would total it's like total a, we're talking a certain week surprising. a week that we're yeah. moving up the weeks essentially yeah. I, I, a total ban would really, really surprise me. But if you, but right now we're at 20 weeks. Could that go to 15, 12? Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's where the. If there's going to be a fight, that's probably where the that's... fight's going to be. Uh, and, um, but I, but I don't think we're anywhere near a total ban on abortion in Nebraska anymore. Uh, it's 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 interesting, and maybe it just, maybe I'm just was just dumb. But I always thought if that ever if that Supreme Court ruling ever came down, the next step would quickly be that. And I think it I doesn't affect like consensus. Yeah, and then and then things got you know, got muddy with the special session. They couldn't they couldn't pull together enough votes for for you know whatever reason. Uh, and 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 here we are. Yeah. And the, and, the, and those 
you know, that there was a legislative, the legislative race in Omaha that, along with the other ones you were mentioning, they kind of tipped this thing, yep. uh, quote-unquote, against the Republicans. Uh, abortion was an issue in that race. The uh, Republican uh, was basically saying, uh, yeah, I'm pro-life, but if the district wants me to vote pro-choice, I will. And, and, mm. and, and, and nobody, I don't think, was buying that whole argument. And, and, and that resulted in Michaela Kavanaugh getting reelected. Yep. And, and as everybody may or may not know, she's heavily pro-choice, yeah. uh, backed by Planned Parenthood and, and others. So that was a race where the abortion issue was front and center, and the voters uh, in that district, I, she, she won like 56 44 or so so it was a pretty clear victory for her in that race yeah yeah it'll be it'll be fascinating and we're only a matter of weeks away from it right now all right hey great to talk to you joe have a good one we will catch up with you again here soon all right thanks jack take care there you go joe jordan news channel nebraska on lincoln's news and talk 1400 99.3 klin get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox sign up for the daily at klin.com yeah. All right, let's get things started today with number five. And the slots went round and round and round and round. <laughs> uh, looks like uh, Nebraska's first casino warhorse is uh, turning out some huge tax revenues. 70% of what they uh, pay goes to property tax uh, relief. Uh, 20% is the, of the gross revenue is what casinos pay in taxes to the state and other uh, governmental entities. But in the first five weeks from the last week in September and through the month of October, nearly $900,000 produced for property tax relief out of Warhorse Casino. I wonder, these numbers to me, Mark, sound high. They, I mean, they sound very significant in terms of um, you know what kind of a game changer they are going to be, but I do wonder what the expectation was behind closed doors uh, with those who know the what other states have have gotten out of this. Know exactly where you know Nebraska's got a different allocation than than does say Iowa or Kansas for something like this, and how this is tracking with what the expectation is. Because let's be honest, you've got a couple of things working here with the current situation. You, you, you've got one and only one facility right now. Correct. It's still got kind of that new sheen to it. Only, what, six, six weeks old or something like that, five weeks old. Um, on the other hand, it's a very, it's a very temporary throne. It's not a destination, no offense, but it's not a destination for much other than the fact that the slot machines are there right now. Right. Okay. It's, it's, it's not because it's a beautiful building. It's not because they got a, uh, a that I don't believe they've got like a great buffet or a hotel or convention or, or anything else like that. And so how that all plays in and impacts the future. Now, don't forget, you'll have other ones around the state. Uh, and so perhaps that means the, the handle that comes to Lincoln and Lancaster County decreases a lot. But the, the big numbers you were talking about, Mark, those are state funds, right? Those are. Those are statewide funds that this money is going into in yes. terms of the property tax relief. Yes, for yeah, they, it's it's property tax credit fund is what it is. Yes, that is uh, garnered by taxpayers as a credit on their income taxes, and you do have to include it when you file your income taxes. So it's not as though you're going to get a check; you're just going to get a reduction in your income taxes. Yeah. So, but you know, they've been looking for sources and ways to reduce property taxes because it is such an issue in the state. I mean, it's been an issue as long as I've been around Nebraska. 
and it doesn't seem as though the uh, unicameral has been able to put together anything. So, uh, you know, majority of these uh, revenues to the state uh, are going to uh, property tax relief. Now, there are other entities that receive some of these revenues. There's a, a split, and uh, part of it goes to Lancaster County, right? part to Lincoln, part to uh, compulsive gambling reform or whatever that group is, and I'm drawing a blank on the other one. Uh, well, the, the, there's the local... Compu- yes, the, and there's the, the general fund, too. Did you say that one? No, I didn't. That, that's a part of it, too. So. The state's general fund, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, the Nebraska general fund. 2.5% to the Nebraska general fund. 70 property tax relief, 2.5 general fund, 2.5 compulsive gaming assistance fund, 12.5 uh, to City of Lincoln, 12.5 to Lancaster County. There you go. It's all broken down. Two localities get 25% of it, 70% to the national, uh, excuse me, the Nebraska property tax relief fund. And, and, and uh, you know, how long does this, this hold on long term? I mean, I think there are questions too about, you know, you know the costs of gambling that, that go along with it and, um, and, and more long-term what these numbers are, but um, I'm sure right off the bat, uh, people who are interested in, in keeping some of these funds full are probably, they got their eyes pretty pretty big uh, with the numbers that are coming in with this. Well, they've, right got to be, they've got to be happy with it for the first seven weeks they've been in operation and, and the first five weeks that they've actually are reporting those numbers. They've got to be happy with it. And, you know, as it, as it builds itself out and it grows, yes, uh, I would say they've done their market research. They probably figure... The area is going to be able to support it. Now, whether the state can support six of them by the time they're all done, that to me is another question entirely. But, uh, you know, the train has left the the proverbial station on this. Now we'll have to see exactly how fast it gets uh, moving. Number four. Uh, Like nationally, the red wave was more of a pink trickle. Uh, Maybe a little more than a trickle here in Nebraska. Uh, Republicans still won most of the state's races, but... They didn't have Democrat opponents in, in well, a vast majority of them. And they've got over a quarter million person voter registration advantage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, still a divide amongst the Republicans, uh, those that support Trump and those that don't. And he's announcing tonight, and so we will... Uh... Uh, we'll see. I don't know. What do you What do you think, Mark? How do you see the next couple of years going within the party? Do you think there's going to be a split between a, a Trump and a DeSantis faction? Is Is there just kind of is this this real strong loyalty to Trump going to hang on despite the midterms and DeSantis being there? What What's your best guess well, I, after I, I, the I, aftermath of tonight? I think we're going to go through uh, you know the primary season just similar to what we did uh, in. 20 whatever it was 16 16 when we had you know two tiers of, yeah. <laughs> of candidates Man, uh, I don't Harley think... Fiorina and Chris Christie and Rubio and Cruz and yeah. all those oh, uh, guys Andrew and gals. Yang was in there was yeah. no no he was a Democrat four years later oh that's right you <laughs> see how can you know it all runs I don't think it, yeah no but, but. Uh, anyway uh, yeah there was a ton of uh, candidates I think it was 17 or 18 mm-hmm. I think you're going to probably have uh, you know upwards of maybe double digit candidates uh, and I think there's going to be a pretty significant split I really do yeah I don't know. It, it, it's hard to tell because on one hand, yeah, it does seem like the momentum is kind of going a different way. DeSantis, for instance, is has got uh, is, is kind of the first Republican to, it feels like, uh, take away a little bit from uh, the, the Trump buzz. But on the other hand, there's a, a level of loyalty of 
personal loyalty to Trump among his fans that I have never seen in politics before. Right, but as uh, they so does that is that really going to change? Well, I would say that uh, it depends on whether they look at the results of the election we just had, because quite a few of Trump's how support, they do. yeah, uh, uh, how many of Trump's supported uh, candidates did not win? Yeah, and and uh, you know there's some concern about the money that he did not spend. He's got a hundred million and only spent about fifteen million yeah. on it. Uh, he certainly and probably nobody cares uh, that is, is supporting him to hear what my advice it but man i would not spend this whole time tonight talking about this a stolen election in in 2020 yeah, that, you know that that's just that's water that's long gone i don't know i just i, I, don't, I don't that seems like that's not the and that's t- not the winning it seems like there could be a winning message out there but i don't know that that's it well so. if he wants a winning message tonight he ought to name the new football coach for nebraska that's that's exactly forget right. the, the the white house <laughs> Uh, and here we're at Mar-a-Lago. I don't know who's in the region there. Which uh, You get Lane Kiffin over there. He's not far from there. Maybe that's it. Number three. Channel 8 reporting uh, CHI Health. Uh, they've uh, done a series of uh, reports on the triple-demic, the RSV, the COVID, and the flu. And, you know, in our family, my family, we had a granddaughter that got RSV, was hospitalized oh. for three days. Oh, my goodness. Got out on Sunday. So it, it hits closer to home. Uh, but Lancaster County still uh, reporting new COVID-19 cases, flu season ramping up. But the RSV is really going through the roof, so to speak. We reported on it here, uh, the situation at Bryan. Uh, they had their pediatric uh uh, beds all full, and they were out into some of the other beds uh, here. That was about three, four weeks ago. And uh, what we're understanding in RSV is, is still very widely uh, affecting kids here in the state. And now they're... Yeah, Kevin? Uh, no, just hospitals are, are really kind of being overrun by RSV. Our daughter has a very mild form. She's She tested positive for a few different things last week, but it's... Uh, it's there, and it can be extremely mild, or it can be something to where they do need to go get extra assistance. Wow. And and one of the things that this report from Channel 8 says, the experts are recommending a mini quarantine, you know, maybe up to a week before you head into those family gatherings mm-hmm. next week. Probably need to start that uh, tomorrow <laughs> if you're going to yeah. do that, yeah. right? Yeah. Work from home, uh, only meet friends outdoors, uh, those types of things. So, yep, that sounds good to me. <laughs> 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 I, I don't know. Nobody watches, maybe nobody watches SNL right now, but they had a sketch last, I think it was last week, where it was about people who uh, who, who test positive now for COVID, and, and, and it's like, and about how much just they enjoy the the time being away from everyone and like laying in bed and watching Netflix and like, oh, still positive. I guess it's another 10 days. It was actually, <laughs> I got a kick out of it a little bit. All right, moving on. Number two. You may recall May 2015 when we had all those floods in the area. Not something yes. most residents want to revisit, but they're looking at a five to eight year plan of remapping the floodplains in the Lincoln area. You know, the growth and all of that. Uh, current floodplain maps uh, go back to data from 1961, so they're going to move that forward. City working with FEMA and to get those updated, but they say it could take uh, five to eight years before it's all done. 
Um, maybe the mayor will have a little more to say about yeah. it tomorrow. Well, and, and I had Jason Ball on, what was a week ago today, and he talked a lot, too, about some of the, uh, just, just the concerns about extrapolating um, a, a change in one area all over the other city and, and the difficulty that might come along with development for that. Um, and so uh, he was, you, you can go back and listen to that interview if you want uh, some, some insight into that as well. But uh, yeah, you'll, that 2015 was crazy. I mean, I still, I, I still remember people were driving jet skis through, uh, through areas or, or taking kayaks through areas that are streets and the, that area on 84th of course on uh, by where the event center is was just a lake um there was there was you there was a point where i thought the beitler at the time who was the mayor where they were on the verge of mandatory evacuations in parts of west lincoln it didn't end up happening um there was concern along that west line of downtown lincoln by the arena um, some of those things, and it was it was on edge for a it was as on edge for a natural disaster type situation that I can ever remember covering here, um, including all tornado scares and and all of those things. Probably the only thing here. that even comes close to it, although it did not affect Lincoln as uh, much as it did uh, the Ashland and and uh, area along the river, was that. Uh, spring floods, you know, yes, the we, spring flooding. Yeah, that we have the yeah. temperatures. Go that up. was less Lincoln, but yeah, that was statewide. I and and I still remember I was went on a trip on spring break that year, and I remember coming back in the interstate back from uh, we we drove to Chicago. We came back to Lincoln and went over that bridge where I eighty. Like if you look at I eighty now or this summer, there were sandbars. All, like you could almost walk across it. Yeah. That thing was raging under that bridge. Mm-hmm. Like it felt like you could reach your hand off the bridge and you would have your hand in the water. Yeah, well, I twenty nine was shut down both north and yeah. south of Omaha, Percival. You know the Nebraska City uh, junction mm-hmm. there with I twenty nine. That whole uh, development underwater, Highway yep. two was closed. So, absolutely, flooding does a lot of damage. Yeah. All right. Uh, oh, yeah, we got one more, don't we? Sorry. <laughs> Number one. Nebraska women's basketball hits the road for the first time this year, renewing its longstanding series with Creighton. Tip-off uh, tonight uh, over at Creighton, 6 p.m., and we've got it here and on our sister station. Correct. Pre-game 545. Now, if you want to watch it, you do have to get a subscription to Flow Sports. And it costs a fortune so it's 30 dollars a month if you just do the monthly plan if you do that's the ridiculous an- if you do the annual plan to be billed monthly it would be 1250 but you have to pay that then you're doing it for months. a year yes that's more expensive than uh, the even if you did the annual the, that regular monthly one the 30 month is more expensive than any streaming service that exists right now yep yeah uh, you're, you're, you're flow sports we come on that's why we're glad we have radio for this game and uh we and can, it's free we can over the air radio free over the air and winner of this game caleb i mean man this is, creighton went to the elite eight last year um nebraska 22nd they've looked really solid here at the beginning of the season winner of this game really sets themselves up to to start i mean jumping up those poles for whatever that's worth remember how hard it was to get nebraska ranked last year <laughs> I mean, they win this game. We're talking top fifteen is going to start to be in in uh, in the discussion not too long from now. Nebraska didn't get ranked the whole year. Yeah, they, had, you, to, they you, had to win like forty games. In but a don't row. you just remember every single week we're like, oh, this has to be the week it happens, and it doesn't. Oh, they're just receiving votes. Oh. Yeah, but but here, yeah. I think you're. I think you're. This is a game you go you go on the road and win. You're 
you're talking about starting to position yourself if you can hold serve throughout these fall non-conference games top 15 team it's a big non-con game for sure yeah all right let's take a break amy williams doing a great job there uh 22 degrees in the capital city here's an lnk today with jack and friends on klin when you live from the momo pizzeria and ristorante studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city this is lnk today with jack and friends on the voice of lincoln 1499.3 klin but first Fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. All right, text in this word if you want to get a pick this week and maybe win yourself some pizza and gear. The word this week is, or this for this pick, not this whole week, this specific pick is... Run. Are you in? Run. Uh, and then if you get that pick, you can guess what the longest punt of the game is between Nebraska and... In Wisconsin, I don't know what the I don't know what the win situation is going to be, Caleb. Eh, right now, I mean, it's a little early to to be nailing down wind speeds at this point. But uh, looks like we're going to have a wind uh, out of the west at 15 miles an hour. So, not necessarily going to have a tailwind or a headwind on on that thing. So right. we'll see. But a high temperature right now on Saturday. 29 degrees is your high on Saturday. So we will uh, we will get some real winter football weather for for that one. I don't see any right now any possibility for preset, but we got a little we got a little snow football in some games including the Nebraska game last week. That was fun to see. The pictures look great. Some of the games were were really cool to see the um what the Ohio State Indiana game that looked pretty miserable <laughs> with the snow that was going on there. Um so anyway, uh something that we have done uh, that Caleb and I have done in this never ever ending coaching search. 65 feels, days in by the way. Feels like it will take the rest of our life. And it's not that we expected to have something done by now. That's not what I'm saying, but I think we can all agree that that it is it 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 feels like it's taken longer than it even uh, actually has to finish this whole thing out. But the crazy thing about a coaching search that long is, Caleb, you could like divide this thing into chapters. <laughs> you you uh, chapters where sort of there was a groundswell of of advocacy for a certain coach or a groundswell of of maybe rumors and and those sorts of things. You had the. You know the the very initial one. You know, kind of the Urban Meyer mania right away. Yes. After it after it first started, uh, and then you kind of moved to the whole. Then it was it was Leipold Campbell felt like they are the front runners. Then Mickey started winning a little bit, and then Mickey became the big name. And then you had some some other more random names that were out there. Um, and then you you came back, and then and then we've had the Matt Rule portion of this whole thing. Um, there, it feels like there's been eight different chapters, and so we've over the of, course of three months. Over the course of three months, it really does feel like there have been there have been almost every week. Almost every week has been a little bit of a different chapter of this thing in terms of who people think is coming, who people want to come, and we're in another one this week. This has definitely been Matt Rule week. Without a doubt, yes. Um, even even more, uh, and I don't know what next week will be, but it's also interesting to track our own uh, our own opinions and how they have changed <laughs> because they have. <laughs> Caleb and I did an exercise 
Uh, was it the Tuesday after Scott Frost was let go? So the immediately the Tuesday after Scott Frost was let go, we did our top five okay. Tuesday of our coaching. Picks. Okay, okay. So um, we did that. Do you do you ha- do you have? And then you- the last one we did was October nineteenth. So about exactly a month ago. Correct. So we are going to do the third and hopefully final. I don't want to do one of these on December eighteenth. Oh my god! If we're doing this in mid December, something's gone very wrong. We are just going to see how our lists have have changed over that time. Um, And so let's do our current one first, and then maybe we can go back to to some of the old ones and compare. So the the current one is not impacted by what the old ones are. Because I haven't even looked at my old ones. In fact, I don't even know if I have them anywhere. I I had to do a little searching for mine. I'm going to have to (laughs) see if I can find mine somewhere. Um, But anyway, all right. Um, Okay, so uh, number five. Who do you have at number five? Number five? Mickey Joseph. Mickey Joseph at number five. Okay. you still So still on your list. Still on the list, but I will say that moved down from last month. Okay. I have, uh, I don't have Mickey on my list. Anymore. He was, he was close. He was mm, close. And I think I did have him last time we did this. Um, number five, number five, I've got, I am one of the last holdouts on still being interested in this guy for some reason. I feel like. Who was maybe the front runner when this whole thing opened up? I still have Matt Campbell number five. Really? I yeah. He's not been on any of my I, lists. And, and you were close. It's interesting because you were close. For people who don't know, Caleb worked in the Des Moines market for a while, covering sports while Matt at, Campbell was there. So. I almost worked at the the KLIN version of Iowa State Athletics in Ames. So I assume that's impacted you to some degree on this whole thing, why he's not... A little bit. Like, I've I've seen it in the footprint, and it's not that impressive to me. Hmm. I just, I, I think of what that program has been, and I'm I'm fairly familiar with it. I got a brother-in-law who's a season ticket holder of, of games I've been to in person. Iowa State, Nebraska is number one with hundreds, and I bet I've been to... 15 different Iowa State games, Nebraska yeah. and others, um, and probably one for every other uh, school that's out there. So I'm still impressed with what he did there. It feels like, man, that team was so – they would go in and they would beat someone they shouldn't every single year. And I know his record is mitigated a little bit. I know it's – you know, this year has been a bit of a struggle as well. Um, but, boy, I, I'm still on balance, impressed by what he's done, familiar with the Midwest and recruiting – and then number three, offensive line background. Yeah. And so those are the still the three things with, with him. Um, but he may be, I mean, he may have said no long ago. That I mean, this could be a complete non-starter, but right. I feel like there was something there at some point, which maybe there still could be. What's your number four? My number four is Dave Aranda. Okay. That's my number four is Dave Aranda. Um, I, I, I'm not going to lie. This, this may be a dumb reason to do this. But I like the continuity he might bring to what's going on right now. The connection with with Mickey, with and Bush, with Mickey, but a new somebody with some head coaching experience, but would plug and play right away with Mickey. Yeah. Maybe Bush too. Um, and I, he's a he's a fascinating guy. He is a Aranda is just a fascinating, interesting. Interesting guy, also a defensive background too, which big I like. Big Ten experience, Wisconsin big, and, defensive and coordinator, big Ten experience, national championship, LSU right. defensive coordinator, and and again, you can look at the season and you're like, well, you know, not 
uh, if you overreact to this season, he probably isn't on your list. Um, but yeah, I've got him. I've got him number four here at this point. My number, uh, and, and a lot of it is because I think it eases some of the transition pains, and it's the potential. It's potentially the quickest plug and play for success. Yeah. Which I'm not, frankly, I'm really impatient with how fast <laughs> this thing gets better. I think a lot of people are. Yeah. My number four, making his debut on any of my lists, Kyle Whittingham. Oh, who is my number one to start the whole thing? And I've given up on him. I know. Why does he make your de- his debut now? I got a couple texts in the last couple of weeks. People saying that he may have been interested. <laughs> All right, I'd be. Ex- he is not on my list. Like, but- I don't. I don't know how much it would be a reality of actually happening, but I like him, and if he's interested, he is. I like him more than a lot of other guys. He is not on my list, but uh, it's not because I don't want him. It's it's just because I felt. And, and there is a little bit of a concern, man. I think I think eight years ago, I think when they hired Riley, would have been a great hire. Yeah. Um. But a, a little bit, a, a little bit down the road in his career at this point, um, and I just have a doubt. I feel like he's a lifer there, uh-huh. but we'll see. Uh, all right, my number three is uh, I've got Mike Gundy as my number three. Okay, Gundy dropped Gundy. out of my five. He was between him and Mickey for number five. Why did he drop out for you? Just because they're falling apart this well, season? Well, it started to become a Mickey or kind of that that game we want to play with Schaefer on the tailgate, Mickey or, and I was thinking. Maybe I like Mickey with specific coordinators more than I would like Mike Gundy coming here and there not being Mickey Joseph. Mm. I kind of played that game in my head. Mm. I, yeah, I st- I'll still, I'll still take Gundy. Just tons of experience, tons of experience. Still relatively, um, relatively young. We always know how old he, old he is because he said, "I'm a man. I'm forty." That <laughs> yeah, one time. That's right. We can um, always work work from there. And I think, and, and I just. I think with the wheels falling off, I think he's been interested and tempted to get out of Oklahoma State for a long time. Like if 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 Trev would come out with somebody completely crazy out of the blue on the week after the week after the final game, he would Gundy would be the guy that I think that I'd might like be. that move. I think that I, I would be. like that. Uh, my number three is Dave Aranda. All right. Yes. Anything to add to what I said? No, just he's he's got the experience. He's been in the Big Ten footprint. He's a defensive guy. There are just a lot of connections that that you have to him within the league, him in Power 5 schools, and him with a couple of key guys on the current staff. Yep. Uh, all right, I will. Uh, I'll put number two, uh, and and you influence me on this one. But uh, Luke Fickle is my number two. My number two is Luke Fickle. Luke Fickle is my number two. Uh, oh, Scads a Big Ten experience, including some a short bit of head coaching experience. Doesn't have a ton of Power Five head coaching experience, but I'm a little lenient with Cincinnati, given that you know they made the playoff, and it yeah. feels like they're. They're as close. They're very close to being a, a power five team, even though, though technically they're not. So I'll be more lenient with him. His record's really gaudy with them. Um, you know, defensive guy again. I Big Ten experience, having another young, good year, youngish guy. Uh, I, God, there's a lot. There's a, a developed NFL guy after NFL guy. I mean, you know, Luke, Sauce Gardner's in the NFL from last year now, and he's already making a huge splash in the NFL. Um, yeah, he's he's a solid number two for me and you apparently. And then number one, Lane Kiffin. Lane Train is number one for me. Seems like a, it 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 just seems like there's no chance. Um, but yeah, n- n- number one just because I think 
Auburn is going to take a run at him. Uh, I think he probably likes the SEC. I I question whether, unfortunately, and might you might hear in that you might hate hearing this, but I'm not sure. Outside of just a whole bunch more dollars, that Nebraska is a a, a job that's in that's that you would take over Mississippi right now. Yeah, in the SEC. I don't know. I think there's there's enough here. There there's enough here. I think Lane would flourish here. Oh, I do. I do too. Especially if you retain Mickey Joseph, and between the two of them, you're a top fifteen recruiting yep. program from the onset. All right, I found my old lists. <laughs> I found my old list. My uh, my my uh, September thirteenth list was uh, is interesting. Kyle Whittingham was number one. For whatever reason, I've taken him off just because I. I think it's just because I don't think there's any chance of it happening. Although I kind of believe that about Lane too. Lane was number two. From the beginning, Matt Campbell was three, Aranda was four, and Joseph was five. So I've just had Gundy and Fickle enter the list. Uh, and then last time I did it, which would have been in October, I had Kiffin one, Fickle two, Chris Peterson number three, who I've since taken out, uh, Campbell and and Mickey Joseph. So I have uh, had a re-entry. So uh, Mike Gundy is the new one on that and uh, Aranda got back in after being in on yeah. the first one. My September was Luke Fickle, number one, then Dave Aranda, then Mark Stoops. Oh, Stoops. Then yeah. Lane Kiffin, then Mike Gundy. Last month, it went Kiffin, Aranda, Fickle, Joseph, Gundy. We're kind of we're on the same page more than, uh, than probably two random people that you would take right now. I think now. so, too. Yeah. That'd be great. Let's get one of those five. Let's get one. Of, will we get one of the five on either of our lists? Given that Matt Rule, Matt Rule did not show up on either of our lists, Caleb. So I know he didn't. If that's who it is, uh, Chris Kleiman, Leipold didn't show up on either of our lists. Interestingly enough, um, yeah. Will we get? That'll be fascinating. Will we get somebody on either of our top five lists when, whenever? This thing is finally announced. We will see. Hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. Uh, all right, 826, we'll take a break. we got sports coming up next. You are listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Love KLIN? Tell us why with a voice message in the free KLIN app. Neurologist Malcolm Byron. Waking babies in the North Bottoms and then helping them ace the ACT since the 90s. It's the voice of Nebraska Volleyball, John Baylor. Well, we've hit the uh, we've hit the breaking point for some of our oh. listeners. Some of our listeners they have had enough uh, Nebraska football coaching speculation. Talk. Oh, yeah, Caleb's getting texts. They, they, they can't do it anymore. No they more. hit they hit the they hit their breaking point. Yes. If you're going to talk about it, tell me who the coach is and move yeah. on. And I can't tell you who the coach is going to be right now because breaking news: we have another rumor. <laughs> It's all. I mean, that's what we got. We could talk rather about than breaking news. Breaking rumors. Yeah, that's that's we pretty got a much breaking rumor for it's you. Pretty much, Nicklin Hames to take over the program. <laughs> She's a winner. <laughs> That'd be good. That's true. <laughs> Proven record of winning. Hard yes. to deny that. Hey, John Cook has got football coaching background. I know that. No question. I know, now that would be a coup. Now that'd be an off the radar choice. <laughs> very true. John Cook. Very difficult to manage the schedule during the fall. I would think. But they do usually avoid those games happening at the same time. So each of those gigs is a full time job. Are you Tough sure? To pull off both. Are you sure? That's a. I don't know. 
If anybody can do it, I think he can. Hire good assistants around you. He's already got that on the volleyball team, right? I mean, he's got the assistants running the timeouts. He's got the assistants walking on the court. I mean, big uh, decisions this week for those assistants and head coach. What's that in terms of? Kennedy Orr played well. Kennedy Orr played very well. She got a chance again, didn't she? Yeah, she looked pretty good. She got her chance again, which you didn't know if it was going to happen this year, but they found a spot, and maybe. Maybe this is that moment where she comes back and, you know, changes things. Wasn't enough to win the match, um, even though things turned around a little bit once she came in. But, man, that it, God, that Ohio State, some of the defense, and, and I'll credit yeah. where credit is due, especially by Ohio State in that match, yeah. was, it was ins- I mean, it was like you couldn't get a ball down for a while. And they were great. Even on good, good sets, good hits, uh, it was like they're just not going down. Out dug Nebraska by double digits. That doesn't happen Jeez. very often. And uh, you, you hope that's their A game. You hope what we saw against Wisconsin was their A game. I think that's the case for Wisconsin. But think about about uh, Ohio State. They've played together for three years, and they all know their roles. I don't think there's a lot of variance in their, their play. I, they are absolutely right there in the conversation for a national championship. And they haven't been to a Final Four in – since 1994 it's almost okay. been 30 years uh yeah that's uh and 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 what did you see from what where did nebraska i mean obviously when they're they're digging it nebraska's not getting their their offense isn't humming like they want it to be but what else did you see from nebraska that needs to be fixed if if they want to still tr- try and get a share of this conference championship well i i think the coaching staff has some hard choices to make and one is status quo and is the existing lineup sufficient to go beyond a, a regional final? And that's that's an open question. Or at this very late date, do you make a major change and go with one setter? I think there's still enough time. But uh, and you've got Iowa to to audition a new option, right? But we'll we'll see. And so if you switch and 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 John Baylor is talking about changing that system. Um they've been playing with a two-setter system since early in the season yeah. this year um where you you had seen most of the time Nicklin Hames and Ani Evans yep. front and back row. Um but uh, they 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 did bring Kennedy Orr in and I assume you mean if they will go to that one setter set you're looking at Kennedy Orr being the one the one setter right and and Nicklin Look, we've got fabulous coaches and they're calculating everything every minute of every practice they got the data we just go in there and we get to see what happens in matches and they give a lot of weight to what happens in practice but just observing from the outside yeah. Kennedy Orr is stronger in the front row than she is in the back row as a setter. Mm-hmm. Because she's a great blocker. Mm-hmm. She's very physical. Mm-hmm. And also that would open up the slide. You see when you got a back row setter, you can't set a slide yeah. because you already got a bright, unless yep. you got a crisscross, yep. uh, so, which happens maybe once, twice a set. So it's, mm-hmm. and, and not a, it's not material. But, you know, Lawrence Stiverance and all sorts of middles uh, in the past, they made a living doing that. I feel like I saw that five times more when she played than I have this year. Oh, because we got three of your attackers in the front row. Yeah. And Kaylin Horde, I think, is a good slide hitter. I think Becca Alec could be yeah. huge. Now, that, that whether it happens should, this year or not, we don't know. But that wouldn't we be might surp- find out. The, the sets to Horde, I don't know what it is, and I don't know if you've noticed this. I was at the Iowa game. I watched the Ohio State game. There is just something. The timing is like never right. With the sets to hoard right now, and it's never clean. And she's a powerful hitter, right? But like every time something looks awkward about it, that does isn't happening 
for the most part with necessarily with Alec or any of the outsides. Well, and I'm wondering a, if you're seeing that. She's a former first team All American and at Penn State she had four kills. A uh, she she had 400, and mm-hmm. here at Nebraska she's hitting 300. So. Uh, yeah, I think there's something to that, and that needs to get fixed. And I don't, and I'm not even saying it's about her. I think it just—it might be a little bit, but the setter—it's the set to hit connection with her is not working and not working consistently. It seems like I think there's something to that, and they're working super hard at it. And yeah, that needs to get fixed. But but even if it does get fixed, they need to get her the ball more. Not only get her the ball more, but get the ball where where she wants it more. But you're right, it's. It's a collaboration. You you got to have everything working. And then here we are with the outsides again. You know, in some way, not all that dissimilar to last year, where now you got Allie Batenhorst coming on, yeah, right? She and, likes this time of year. I mean, you got Allie Batenhorst coming on again, and and you you still got Krause as an option, but she's she's been a little bit more quiet at this point. I think Lonstein is is probably you know fairly set and entrenched in her position right now in this team. But it does kind of remind me of last year. You don't quite know you don't quite know who the outsides are that are going to be the most relied ones. Going Going into the end of the season and into the NCAA tournament. And we'll need one fewer if ultimately the coach decides he wants to try the one setter offense. So right. Who would yeah, be the one true. that sits? Yeah, yeah. That's absolutely true as well. Um, just kind of going backwards in this thing. I mean, and, and the Iowa. <laughs> I was at the Iowa match, and that was a major mismatch in that. We got him again on Friday. Cow. On the road. And they got him again on Friday. Which, like you said, I guess, if you're ever going to try, try yeah. some things at this time. Probably, probably the time to do it. I suppose. Yeah, apparently, when the selection committee decides who gets to host and who the top four seeds are, who travels where, they don't look at margin of victory. I mean, you beat Ohio State fifteen thirteen in the fifth, you wipe out Iowa. It's considered a W. Now, quality of opponent is considered. Sure. So you could you could go four sets, five sets with Iowa as long as you get the W. It matters. The that's same. not going to matter. That, that's interesting. I never thought of that. That used to be a big deal in college football. Whether the computer rankings took into account the margin of victory or was there a cap on the margin of victory to dissuade unsportsmanlike yes. conduct of of running up the score which i don't know if that can really happen in volleyball so much but 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 nonetheless okay well let's talk let's talk the reality of the situation now is it still in the cards for nebraska to win the conference sure. and 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 get one of those top four seats you got to win, win the rest of your matches and then you've split with wisconsin and you've got the same record as wisconsin so i don't know where the tiebreaker goes but presumably you share in the conference championship and then ohio state's got to play wisconsin and minnesota so it's wide open i mean we're on the outside looking in right now but. so uh, so since ohio state and wisconsin play and they're tied right now still yeah. atop the conference with the nebraska game back one of those will slide down and be with nebraska will we'll be tied with nebraska yeah when they that's the final match of the year those two teams those play. two so i'm trying to figure out is there will you know who is is nebraska gonna have a rooting interest for standings in that in that well, match because hypothetically you'd you'd have split with both of them We'd have to beat Wisconsin. You'd have the to night beat before. Wisconsin the night before, and then we play Minnesota that night. So we'll be laser focused. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm on multiple screens going. Sure, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna have, you got nachos, the, right? You got they got a couple some, beverages ready to have rock. The, you, the World Cup on another screen. Why? And be, <laughs> is the World Cup going on? Oh yeah, the World It'll Cup be, starts on Monday. Qatar or is it Qatar? It's, it's it, yeah. I rem- is it Qatar? <laughs> Where's the U? Qatar. 
Cuter. <laughs> How about cuter? Hey. Yeah, when hey. There was all that. I thought the place was cute, but well, take another look. I thought it was so it odd was in, when all they start, you know, they started having all the skirmishes in the Middle East yep. and Iraq in about in 2002. Yep. Uh, I always thought it was Qatar. And then I was watching the news and somebody said U.S. airbase in gutter. And I was like, what? Is that how you pronounce that? Gutter? It's a regional accent. <laughs> I guess so. But uh, if you like sand and warmth. Whew. That's why they have to do it now. Boy, I wish I were in a, a, a soccer stadium builder about 10 years ago in the capital city of Qatar. Because they had a lot of business the last 10 years. Uh, Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, but they had some unsafe working conditions, too, Yikes. for their employees. I didn't say a worker. I said employer. Yeah, yeah well, you... Yeah, that was uh, that was yeah. But anyway, you know, just the traditional Thanksgiving, watching the the Macy's Thanksgiving Day uh, parade, and then watching Ecuador and Ghana playing nice. soccer that morning. I'm, the re- same. I'm rooting for the U.S. That's a bold statement. Let's go for it. <laughs> Let's shock the world. Wow. It's eleven on eleven. Look at couple nets. Taylor declared. I'm I did not expect this far in advance for you to select a horse who's that you're my, riding. You're going for the U.S. Yeah, huh? who's my second choice? Huh. Cameroon, camera. They had a bit. They had a big run in '94. That was yeah. a big deal. I don't know that. Are these, they in it? This these year? guys are fast. I'm. I'm going with my heritage. I'm going with the Netherlands. I got. Nice I got. I got to have a team. Yeah. The Dutch. The Dutch wearing nice. orange. The, if, wearing it, orange. if it came down to syllables, they'd win. <laughs> there's no doubt about it. There is. Uh, yeah. There's no doubt about it. And you can't steal signals from them. You're trying to figure out what what they mean when they're speaking dutch is rugged like you just have to say you know what cover that guy don't try to steal his signal i got no idea what they're saying uh avca avca poll texas one san diego three wisconsin four louisville four and then there's ohio state so uh, in in theory if nebraska you know if everything went right at the end of the season i know that's not an assumption we're making but just looking at the scenario um in the avca doesn't decide the seedings but you would you would still you'll have Nebraska hopefully in that four spot with Texas, San Diego, right. and Louisville and in the, the top three. You're looking at the rankings. I know. I, that's why I said ABCA. I know ABCA does it, but it gives me it's a snapshot. The, yeah. It gives, gives me a snapshot yes. of the teams that we're looking at here. I Here's guess your Polaroid. I guess Here's throw Pitt, throw Pitt, Stanford in there maybe too. I don't know. Who's, Pitt's legit. I don't know how they lost to Towson State, but they're legit. They're they're tw- two they're twenty two and three here at this point. I'm just looking at the bid stealers. I'm looking. I'm trying to get a yep. sense of like, is there a chance that they give two Big Ten teams number one seats? No. Okay, so that's out. So Texas, so Texas and Louisville are in, right? Texas, San Diego, and then Louisville or Pitt, probably Louisville. Okay, well, so basically, you think they're a, it's, it's an ACC go. team either way, and yep. then Texas and and Sa- they're going to San Diego despite playing think, in the. Uh, I think you got to. Despite, they've got one yeah, loss. They haven't lost since early. Yeah, I know weak conference, but also I think most people want to go there. That's true. They're like that's hold, probably true, especially in especially in like, December. Hold Columbus, Ohio, San Diego, eh, Christmas. Go, let USD have it. Right. I mean, yeah, you're looking at what? Minnesota, Nebraska, Columbus, those but, those sorts of things. The Creighton Blue Jays. But if it's in Columbus and, and Ohio State's available, they may, they may have to move that match because uh, they're going to fill that place. So it's about, you want eyeballs. Yeah, Columbus is a, they, they Columbus had a, a pretty, de- I know Purdue has a pretty decent atmosphere. Columbus, great atmosphere, yeah. Columbus had, that seemed like they had atmosphere. a pretty good, they had the student section, great they had a dude arena. running up and down the baseline constantly. He was and they had spelling going on, O-H-I-O, and then you yeah. had uh, students dressed up, uh, it's corn, I, yeah. I thought that was intriguing. That's, that's I mean, referencing, I know you won't know this, that's referencing a viral video. Really, a kid who who talks about how much he likes corn. That's that's what that is. That was that. All. See, there's this youth culture 
that's involved in a, a different uh, world than uh, the rest of us. They see a video, they yeah. see a viral video on TikTok, crazy. and they talk about, and then they make, they put letters on their on their chests to reference. And that. then they that's see another video, and then they see another video, right. and they see another video, and then like you know, then they're forty with three kids. They're like, maybe we should focus on other stuff at this juncture. <laughs> Better late than never. It's amazing they found any time to make those three kids. Yeah, good point. Well, that doesn't take long. But really, raise them. Raising them might take a little bit of time. But yeah, I mean, if, if, if you just want to be a perpetual young person, hang out in an apartment, uh, TikTok is your deal. Because you could go crazy. You could be posting all sorts I mean, of stuff. Uh, keep in mind, you're probably sending all your data directly to the Chinese government also, yeah. which is another downside. I mean, one thing I endured as a child is I never got photos of my friends' meals. <laughs> you endured that. You I made had it. no clue what Eddie had for lunch. Well, or like Saturday's was, breakfast. Although there was an 85% chance it was a bologna sandwich, yeah, right? Yeah, in excellent that point. And, I mean, what we went through and, and somehow survived emotionally. And I had no idea. I mean, these guys, these kids are posting beautiful photos of themselves with reminders. I'm still right-handed. And I, you just got to hammer the like. You know, hey, oxygen is still something I approve of and enjoy. And look at this. Gravity's still working downwards. I'm a homo sapien. I just hammer the like. Here's a photo of me. It's a little different from yesterday. I... Uh, <laughs> I uh, I showered for a shorter period of time this morning. Did you notice anything different? Hey, you talking about San Diego has me thinking. Nebraska baseball put their schedule out yesterday. Whoa. They they start in uh, they start against the Toreros in San Diego in uh, in, nice. in February. Might nice. have to. I don't. It's, it's still seventy two in San Diego in February. Probably. You don't. Maybe. It's the only city in the in the country you don't need air conditioning or heat. All Guess, right. Who is the most successful football coach at USD all time? San Diego at San Diego football. I don't know. Is somebody there like Bill Walsh or something that Jim I didn't know Harbaugh? About? Harbaugh Two was years. at San Diego before he, he went to Stanford. You got it. All right, I didn't know he coached. I almost played baseball at San Diego. Did you? Yeah. Look at the West Coast. It looks. Hey, I, you probably know a little bit about the campus. It's got to be nice, right? Gorgeous. On Can't a hill. beat that. On a hill. Can't be that. You got to be beach. Nice got to be close to the beach at some point. Get to Mission Beach. Ride I'm, the roller coaster. I'm surprised Coach Cook ever left. He, grudgingly, I'm sure. Yeah, dinner in in La Jolla. You know, just uh, hit SeaWorld after class. That Sand kind of stuff. volleyball. The only concern is you got to earn money now and then. That's a bit of annoyance. Yeah, that's probably pretty expensive, isn't it? You might be onto something. Fish tacos all the time. Yep, and uh, but Bill Walton lives there, and he oh, uh, he? you got to go on YouTube and watch him. Uh, testify before the city council recently. <laughs> I love that guy. By the way, RG three is trying to be the new Bill Walton with the uh, the the play by play. There, he did the he did the play by play for the Nebraska Michigan game mm-hmm. football. He'll be back for the Wisconsin game, and he's RG three. RG three. Robert. Play. Robert. Yeah. Ro- color uh, commentary. Or yeah. Play he's by doing play? color. He's doing oh, color, gotcha. and he's like the football young version of Bill Walton now with his cadence. Kind of, yeah. No, nah, I don't know if it's cadence. It's just weirdness, maybe. Weirdness, less, I would say less um, psychedelic slash marijuana enhanced. The greatest player I ever played with, Larry. (laughs) Larry Bird. (laughs) Nonstop focus, work, attention to detail. He made everybody better. (laughs) Not bad. It didn't help that RG3 was also gifted Elante Brown trying to hurdle somebody. Yes, and he was, yes. Is Elante okay? Somehow, yes. Oh, uh, that was that was painful. 
That was painful. Well, for, yeah, number one, in a couple of different ways. Every every in guy a, watching was like, oh, oh, yeah, that was rough. That was rough. All right. Uh, oh, God, we, I should have given more. So we got Iowa. Yes. We got Iowa, right, uh, first, and, and we already talked about that. And then uh, what do we have? What do we have after? We don't get into the. Purdue, number, that, fi- number That's a home game, now. right? Purdue, three home games to finish don't out the season. Don't overlook. That's out. That could don't be a trap. Don't that, overlook them. That screams trap game to me, J.D. Yep, and, uh, you know, boilers, it's, uh, you know, what it's. It's something to do with steam engines, and you got to keep them, you know, steamed up and boiling, and then they run. Anyway, produce the surprise of the conference. They lost everybody last year, and they're hanging in there, but they've dropped yeah, off. One of those bit. sleepy noon games on a Sunday. We too. don't like early. Uh, Cook, like I heard them. Cook talking to you about that. We he gets like a little. He thinks the uh, the energy is not up as it, it needs yeah, to be, and the crowd's a little. I have to play that Red Kingdom song a few more times. I bet oh. that's it. I like songs where you cannot sing out of key. So, Red Kingdom, Rock Chalk, you cannot be out of key. Those are my kind of songs. Yeah, everything, everything is literally everything is harmony. Yeah, yeah it's, that, that. It's just it's just matches. And you can't sit up and sing those. You have to like lean back. Right. Friday in Iowa City. We'll have that game yeah. on KLIN. I assume Caleb. Then, yes, we will. Uh, Friday in Iowa City, and then Sunday noon uh, against Purdue, and then the gauntlet Friday, Saturday night. Thanksgiving weekend, Wisconsin one night, Minnesota the next night. People are asking me for help with That's tickets. Good for luck for that Wisconsin, Wisconsin. And Minnesota. Forget it. Get for that Wisconsin match. All bets are off for that one. Can't get toughest ticket in town. Oh, 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 there's no way I can get one. PBA is not big enough. I had to. I had to settle for the Iowa match. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't arrive late. <laughs> when they're playing Iowa, get there early. All right. Good to talk to you, JB. Best of luck on the calls. We'll uh, check in with you next week. Yeah, we still aren't at Thanksgiving yet, so we'll talk to you next week on Tuesday, all right? There you go. 856. We'll take a break. Wrap up the show after this on KLIN. Want today's top news stories? Top Husker stories? You can get them sent straight to your inbox every afternoon. Just sign up for the daily for free at KLIN.com. Urologist Malcolm Byron. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, that is it for the show today. I uh, got a couple of picks on Fantasy Huskers. Corey took 54 yards for the longest punt. Richard says 60. All right, two more chances for you to get a uh, pick tomorrow. 635 and 710. Also tomorrow, it's what chaps you Wednesday. Be looking for that Facebook post this afternoon if you want to register what is chapping your hide. Uh, also joining us tomorrow, Mary Leary and Gaylor Baird, John Bishop of our morning drive. Drive, uh, all the news that you need to get your morning started, and uh, hope you'll join us at 6 o'clock. That's it for the show. We will see you tomorrow. We're going to end the day at 25 degrees, headed toward a high today of 34. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends. We'll see you tomorrow, 9 o'clock, KLIN, Lincoln.